Hey y'all, quick housekeeping up front. Tiffany and I have not been able to record for the past few weeks for different reasons. Tiffany is on vacation and I am temporarily occupied at the moment. So we're releasing an older episode from our vaults. The audio setup is a little outdated compared to what we have now, but we're still happy with the episode and we hope you enjoy. Thanks. Hey Tiff. What up, Chris? Let's start the song. I love this song. Is that a joke? Is that a joke? Is that a joke? Is that a joke? No. Hi there, and welcome to... Was that a joke? I'm Chris. And I'm Tiff. And welcome to our new podcast, Was That a Joke? (laughs) We were once branded as, is that a joke? But we decided last second... I thought I said ooze, and then I went, oh, no, what was coming out of me? Nah, you didn't do... No ooze, all was. All was. And that's okay. All right, so today we're doing a follow-up. Uh, a couple episodes ago. Or a sequel. For the listeners, last episode, we talked about an album that Tiffany really liked a lot by The Pretty Reckless called Going to Hell. Because uh, we wanted to do a little album exchange of what our current favorites or something that we like in the moment stuck out to her. So, today's part two, and today is my album choice and my album choice is by a little band by the name of clipping and this album that i am choosing is their 2019 endeavor there existed an addiction to blood which looks a lot like the album cover for a different album by them and so i kept clicking the wrong album yes that album you're talking about visions of bodies being burned yes that's kind of like a sequel ish album so that's why the branding is so similar. It physically stressed me out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to be looking at this album today. We're just going to kind of run down it, uh, talk about some tracks that stuck out to us, and just in general how we feel about this album. You know, we are just, uh, we're turning it all on Clipping now. And uh, in case you don't know, Clipping is a three-man rap group. I guess group is the word. I would say experience. That's... <laughs> Honestly, that works too. I think they're a three-person rap experience. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> so this three-person rap group uh, is led. Well, I don't want to say led, but the, the main vocalist is a uh, one David Diggs. We love him. Yes, you may know him from Broadway, from his stints in movies and TV Just and all that. Just from being attractive. He's very attractive. Very attractive. He's joined by two producers, William Huston and Jonathan Snipes. And one I look, of those is me. And I looked into these guys. Both these guys have extensive background in music from like an educational point of view. One guy does like a lot of uh, music for low-budget horror movies and things of that nature. That's cool. And one person, like, actually studies music on a theoretical level and tends to gravitate towards noise and experimental stuff. Experimental rap is just a general genre they kind of fall under. Yeah. Because as someone who decided to listen to pretty much all their albums during the pandemic, yeah, it kind of varies on the type of rap it's doing. It's... This album alone was such a specific experience for me. Like, ooh boy. Because at first, I think I told you I would only listen to it when I was, like, chilling in the bathtub and, like, headphones. This album is meant to be heard in headphones. Yes. So many of the little things, like, do that cool paneling thing where it goes from one ear to the other. This album is made for headphones. Yeah, the guys who make this album, the producers in David Diggs, they are very much... um, 
musicians, musicians in terms of how they treat audio production. Yeah, there's a lot of little, like you said, little details in there. I in can't the, wait. In the panning and in the uh, the audio, and sometimes you pick up on weird little stuff that's happening just distantly in the background. I'm so angry about the final song, but we will get there. Yes. I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> so I, on that front, I think that's a good excuse to just kind of jump into it. Then. Let's go song by song. So yeah, the first song we have, the classic song, Intro. It's just an intro. It's just a V Diggs kind of doing a little, uh, a, a, a little rap over uh, some very light noise. Do you know my favorite intro? What is that? Donda, 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 lot Donda. Of, <laughs> lot of Donda. So much. Do- I would say not enough Donda in this intro. <laughs> yeah, in this intro, I would agree with that. Not enough Donda. <laughs> also, I just want to say, in general, I think the theme of this album, which I instantly fed felt head over heels in love with is this is what the uh, they call horrorcore yeah this is an album designed to reflect musically on horror experiences through the uh, the venue of rap music which was such a wild time because when we originally did this album swap i was like yeah dude i'll listen to the fucking album sounds great and then my life kept happening and i was like i cannot i cannot listen to that album <laughs> yeah a lot happening a lot happening so the first proper song after the nice little intro Donda, Donda. is going to be called Nothing is Safe. And uh, this is David telling a story of basically a a trap house just getting shot the fuck up. Yeah, just fucking wrecked. Yeah, and it's all punctuated with this nice 80s sounding synth and a, a slight plucking of one specific key on the keyboard. And Really uh, stressed me out. Did like it. Still stressed me out. Yeah, yeah, it's a it, it this one it's funny. It's a horrorcore album, but this opening song Nothing is Safe is kind of more like thriller than horror, you know? But it's still like as a girl who is sitting in a bathtub by herself alone covered in bubbles, you're like I have to be safe here. I'm in my bathtub. I have nothing to keep me safe. Yeah. And then he digs, keeps telling me, nothing is safe. And I'm like, I have to be safe. And yet you're not. <laughs> I was not safe. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this uh, this song, I think, is a great way to kind of kick off the album post-intro. Uh, this song got It really a, sets a mood. Yeah, this actually was the song they used to introduce the album. Oh. They posted a little lyrics video on their uh, YouTube page. And... Uh, this was the song for them saying, like, hey, we got a new album. It's dropping October. I also love story rap. I love a rap that is just a narrative. Yes. I love story. I sound like somebody's old mom. I'm like, you know, the story rap songs from the man the who kids, does the rhythms. The kids rap too much about shooting the hoops and the drugs. And tell me a story. <laughs> tell me a story. Stop talking about your rings and your cars. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. No, I do like a good story, uh, a story song. And specifically the way David Diggs and his partners in Clipping do out his entire discography. The way they organize these story songs is very interesting because it changes song to song. Yes. In this one... It's a pretty straight progression. Three verses, A, B, C, all have like a nice little progression of what's happening in the said story of the trap house just going to shit and everyone just trying to make do with it. And uh, there's this one line in there near the end where he says, he looks up, sees a man with a no face, a golden halo, it might be the sun, which a lot of people have said, like, you know, in one experience, this guy feels like he's seeing the second coming of Jesus, but people have said it's more likely that someone's about to shoot him in the face, and yeah. that's the flare from the gun going off, which is 
a lovely little way to end it. Very cynical and just... It's very what I thought. So I was like, cool. Okay. We died. Yeah. Like a lot of their music in general, and especially on this album, there's a sense of dread that is conveyed musically that I love dearly. I love music that can convey dread for some reason. (laughs) That's wild. You're not wrong, but it's wild to think about. (laughs) Can we go to He Dead? I was just going to say, moving on to the next one, He Dead. So He Dead fucked me up because I was already panicking. This is the same bath. And then the man starts saying, you know, it like starts with that man being like, do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. You know the man? And I was like, this is a different vibe. <laughs> yeah. It is a hard shift from nothing and safe to he does. Ooh, uh, yeah. And talking of dread, this song to me is like haunting yeah. in how it sounds. Uh, especially there's this this distant like coughing in the background. Yes, it's part of the beat. Yeah. Which like, is really fucking cool to me. And uh, apparently uh, it's also features an artist by the name of Ed Balloon, who I think uh, is doing the singing on that song. Oh, and is I, that the man? Yes. And I love his voice on this. Can you feel it? In the air. That's my favorite part of the song. That's is that part of that song. So randomly, the music producers get to flex a little bit, uh, my boys Houston and Snipes, where they just throw in these really beautiful melodies from yeah. these guest singers, and sometimes Davids himself admits the like experimental rap and stuff like that. So I, I love that variety. It also was this cool like disjointed thing for me. Davids rap is so different from the singing aspect. Like, they are such a different vibe as well. Yes. That it was such a, like, oh, these are such different. Like, it's just so different. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> no, yeah, a lot of uh, stuff you wouldn't think would come together yeah. musically. But they some works. Yeah, they find that perfect balance to take these discordant elements and just really mix them and balance them properly to where they complement each other yeah. rather than distracting. So after he did, we have a little interlude. Now, some people really don't like the interludes on this and the second album because they're a bit more campy and goofy They are in the way they present the horror. Me, personally, I love horror in all capacities, and I love that there's some genuinely dreadful and dark shit in here. So the fact that the interludes are a bit more on the campy and kind of uh, kitschy side of horror, I actually think is a great balance. See, I'm not horny for an interlude. That's just because I'm here for the jams. And so I was just like, this isn't a jam. Yeah. And I would be on other albums. And there are other albums that use interludes very badly. But for, specifically, I like it on Clipping's album because there's always a theme to their albums. And that's true. And I feel like those interludes always are cluing us in, the listeners. Ooh, us? Yes, you and I, the listeners. Ooh, I didn't know. Not y'all, though. Only me and Chris, yeah. the listeners. <laughs> So the next track we have is a uh, is a fun little ditty called La Mala Ordina, which is which I liked, which is a uh, Spanish for the life ordinary. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, this song is so there. There's some songs here that have very like specific themes and stories they're trying to tell. Yes. And there's some that are a bit looser, more going for a specific vibe. Yes. And this is the vibe of what if you were surrounded by three men who wanted to kill you violently. Again, not a song a woman wants to hear while she's just taking a bath. And of course, uh, we have two guest verses uh, by one uh, El Camino. He has the second verse, I believe. Mm-hmm. He has a very interesting, very sparse voice. His uh, 
his raps, his lyrics, he spreads them out over these long periods of silence. This one was not one of my favorites. Yeah, this this guy, I I appreciate his performance more than his verse because yeah. I think he conveys, like he says in lyrics, he conveys someone who is actually living that life that a lot of rappers kind of claim to live, you know? Yeah. And that's a big theme of this song, too, is uh, rappers saying that, like, you know, they're hard and stuff like that. And then these guys uh, uh, put up the... Uh, the prompt of what if we were really hard? Like what actually if we were, though, y'all? killed people, you murdered know, like them murderers. dead. Yeah. And then we have a second verse by a, a Benny the Butcher. And I like this verse a lot. Oh, that was a treat. Benny the Butch- Butcher is starting butcher. to Benny the Butcher. He's starting to build <laughs> He's up half a kombucha. Yes. Half rapper. <laughs> hey, they better get on that brand deal. Benny the kombucha. Benny the butcher. <laughs> Oh, he'll he'll murder us if he hears that. Oh anyway. no! <laughs> He's been building up a lot of buzz over the years through some mixtapes and stuff, and I really liked his verse here because he is perfectly on theme with it, while he's still kind of doing sort of a generic rap verse. Yeah, but it fits so well with the theme, and he has one of my favorite lines in the songs. Was like, "So many chains around my neck, I'ma drown from it." You know, I just love little details like that where he's bragging about you know the amount of jewelries, but then there's this really morbid imagery of like drowning from it. Like yeah. I just, like like I almost said like, do you know how much blood I had to shed to get these? No, thank you, my man. Beneath a booch. And then here comes my th- favorite part of the song, which we feature a third guest artist, is but not me? a rapper. Is it me? I literally. You know, I didn't... You are a rapper, so no, it is oh, not you. Oh, you almost said I wasn't. I did, but... Big Baby for life. Yeah, that wouldn't be fair to you Thank or you. Big Baby. Thank you, know? you. You're welcome. Big Baby. So at the end of the song, we have what can only be described as... Described as I'm sort of described? a... As sort of a noise breakdown. And this is by a guest artist named Rita, who is an actual noise artist. Like, specifically yes. makes noise music. Stuff that is not designed to be... Good to, yeah, stuff that is just... <laughs> And especially, this is what you're talking about on headphones, because if you listen to the song on headphones, you can really hear it, the way it breaks down very specifically. It physically stressed me out. Like, yeah. I was like, I said I would listen to every part of this album, so I'm going to take this in. But I had to literally focus on my breathing because of how physically stressed I got. Yeah, it's especially <laughs> bad because, uh, and, that, and that I mean in good way for me personally, in that it starts on David's last verse, yeah. where he's getting very specific about how to kill people and then like the more it goes on it gets more garbled and then eventually you stop hearing what he's saying and but because of the harshness of the sound you imagine he's saying some real fucked up shit it's just physically like i am a girl full of anxiety and it hit that place for me of like oh my god i don't know if i can do this this is that kind of song i love that i won't listen to that often no, no, no. Because this one wasn't for Tiffany. It's physically draining to listen to. and because, But I love that commitment to it. You know, so often people are designed with what sounds good and what sounds enjoyable. But, like, if you have a specific theme and you have to follow up on it, which means making the song sound kind of ugly and unpleasant, I'm about that. And I love that kind of uh, that that kind of bold risk they take. So yeah, this... I don't even know if you noticed, as I have talked about this song more, I have physically gotten more uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a it's an uncomfortable song. It stresses me out. So from there, we're going to move on to, to a little song called Club Down, which I'm just going to say right now, this is literally my favorite clipping song. Not my favorite That's song so in the album, funny. my favorite clipping song ever. See, I liked this song when I originally heard this song because Spotify was like, you and your friend Chris have this playlist y'all made together. Here's some other shit like the shit y'all put in that playlist. Yep. 
this song was one that Spotify was like, you're gonna love this. And I was like, yeah, that song's cool. And then it was every four songs. I was like, Spotify, you're killing me. You're killing me, Spotify. Yeah, you gotta balance it out. So when I heard it on the album, it had been like a little while since I'd listened to it. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, this song. (laughs) Yes. Just a a, a song where uh, he is describing sort of uh, poverty and just a a disheveled neighborhood. Yes. And uh, the plight of people addicted to drugs uh, of all kinds. And uh, while he's doing this, instead of a more traditional beat in the background, there's just this large, just, I don't even know how to describe it, this weird, bizarre sound of just like, like a lot of noise put behind what sounds like throwing something down a long hallway with a huge echo reverb attached to it. Yeah, it's this isn't just, the one I'm thinking. No, yeah, 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 this one. It's, I do. It's deadening. And of course, on top of that background noise, if you listen closely, especially in the second half, there is someone screaming their yes. lungs out as it is being even more distorted. And that person, according to Spotify, is called Sarah Bennett. And I looked this up. She is part of a punk rock group called 16 Bitch Pileup. Love that. Ter- wonderful title. Got to look more into them, see if they do some more stuff. But yeah, I love that little – there's lots of small additions by other artists here. And I always feel like they incorporate them in really interesting ways. It's never the way you expect like a feature. It's never like, ooh, she did a guest virus. It's like she did some wild shit in this song. What takes this song to me from, like, one of my favorites to my favorite is the fact that, like, in the second half of the song, after these escalating raps and David is doing his thing where he is constantly changing the meter on himself and his enunciation is off out of this world. And then he uh, throws in this really catchy little melody <laughs> that I just love. <laughs> this, this, this little singing section he puts and then a little verse at the end I think is just delightful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, this is one I liked it, but Spotify, Spotify made this the yeah of this album. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite song of all time on this album. On clipping, maybe just ever. Great song. So after that, we have another little uh, interlude prophecy. Yeah, just a fun little thing. Again, just it exists. Exactly. I'm not here for interludes. I love them cumulatively, but only if you listen to it album wise, beginning yeah. to end. Obviously, that's the problem with interludes, but. After that, we have Run For Your Life. Which is one of my favorites on this whole fucking album. The most interesting goddamn musical conceit. It's just a... Okay, okay. I'm physically excited. Please hold. So, this song is so fucking cool for me. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, he's rapping. David Diggs is doing David Diggs. But the background of this song is just like, a city. Yeah. It's just like... Like, at one point, you hear a car drive by... And it does that cool thing where it goes from one headphone to another. It is such a cool fucking concept. Yes. Musically. Like, I am obsessed with this song. Yeah, yeah. The way uh, it turns out that that background beat, uh, instead of being present, is just a background noise where they are trying to crouch in on some sort of trap house as well. And uh, there's this person searching for them to kill them, hence the title, Run For Your Life. Yes. And this person keeps circling the block in this car where you hear the beat, and like you say, it pans left to right as yes. it comes in and out of your ears. And then eventually... It's so fucking cool! And then we get a little guest verse by uh, someone by the name of Lachat, who uh, plays the uh, the titular killer mm-hmm. at the end. And a very... very she new- does a... Is it this one? Where she's also in the chorus? Yes. Yeah, I love this one. You ain't scared, is you? Yes! I literally constantly all the time in my brain, I'm just telling people, you ain't scared, is you? Great performance by her. A constant theme running through clipping songs of just really nasty bad women. 
who like actually want to hurt you. Not like nasty. Na- Ooh, I'm nasty. Like nasty. And, like, I want nasty. those guts. Give me those guts. Here's my knife. Now, hold on. Not nasty like me. And not even nasty in a give me those guts, but nasty like I'm going to get those guts. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very forceful. And uh, the, there's a lot of that that recurs in a lot of clipping songs. Yeah. Sometimes someone else will be brought in to do that verse. Sometimes Davy Diggs will simply rap about a woman who's like that. Uh, it, it's very fun the way they kind of come back to that and they always kind of change it up a little bit. This is the first one on the album where I it took me days to get past it. Because I was obsessed. Like, I was just like, this is the coolest fucking song. It's a great song, a yeah. great conceit. I love it. Yeah. So, after that, we move on to another highlight for me personally called The Show. Now, The Show is just, a, it's a very simple conceit. David Diggs plays what is like a surgery serial killer. So, instead of like the regular, like, you know, I'm going to shoot you in the street or I'm going to gut you. This is a man who has someone tied down to some sort of a... Uh, apparatus and is basically kind of performing surgery on him while murdering him yeah. in a very nonchalant, very just kind of like, hey, this is just my job. Which is so nuts because 20 year old me would have been horny for that. I would have loved that. You know, I loved shit like that. Yeah. 30 year old Tiffany was like, I'm not here for this. It's uncomfortable. Stressed me out. I love not it. Not here for this. Especially the background music uh, where it's, they specifically make it sound like a, a heart monitor yes. going off. So. You, you really feel the sense that you're in this room with David tied down to something. He's just looking at you like, see how the bone's exposed? It's just I need y'all unsettling. Do not listen to this album if you're just a girl in a bathtub trying to enjoy your night. I did it wrong. Yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, also, this song has a wicked outro where the, yeah. the thumping beat and the synth looping on itself. It's just... Uh, it's this just... album is so cool because so many of the sounds are like musically overwhelming. <laughs> yes, I love music that feels like it's surrounding me and pummeling me with fists. I love I it. Don't I'm like, hey, too many things have hurt me already, and I'm a gentle, beautiful thing. Just yeah. love me. Oh yeah, totally. It's a it, it's it's definitely a preferential thing. So because you nasty. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> So after this, we have another interlude. I think, yeah, the last interlude. The last interlude. Possession. This one's definitely the goofiest one. It is. I, I think of the interludes, it's my favorite. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. It, it's straight up like an evil mad scientist telling a woman. He's like putting her under hypnosis. Yes. And it's like, you know, he has this really weird, I want to say German accent. Something. We all want to say something. <laughs> but it's a, it's, it's a fun one. So after that, we have All in Your Head. This, to me, is another big highlight, specifically because of the way it is made. So all in your head, David Diggs kind of takes a bit of a backseat to this one. Yes. He seems to be, uh, he seems to be talking about sex workers specifically. Yes. And uh, even though he is not going into lurid details, there is this sense of, like, <laughs> sadness to them, kind of. Like, it's just like, I just got to do this. This is what I got to do to get by. This is what I do. Which, you know, a lot of sex workers are happy with the work they do. But a lot of sex workers in the kind of impoverished cities that David is currently rapping about and this whole album is centered around, yeah, it's less of a choice yeah. and more of a way of survival. And the way uh, there's this... Well, what'd you do if you're always at home? Cry at all? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the same for when we were in that time in music. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do, for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, sorry, I gotta recover from that. So, it really fucked you up. I don't you... know why you just brought that up, but now I do. 
Oh, okay. In the moment, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the, like, also being like, hey, y'all, stop villainizing sex workers and, like, they have their own lives and stories. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from a place of empathy, I think that's a good point, Tiffany. Yeah, obviously, there's a very empathetic, especially in the second half. Yeah. Where uh, this woman starts singing sort of a hymn. Yes. And uh, this is my favorite part of the whole fucking album. Club Down is my favorite song, but the second half of All in Your Head is my favorite part of the we album. We have not hit my favorite song. So that's okay. the album. So in the second half here, as this woman singing the hymn, you can only describe it as what is this uplifting, aspirational EDM beat being like muted, like it's trying to break out and yes. help you, but it just can't. There's something. It somehow powerful. it somehow sounds like it is being like clawed back by like a net or a gate or something. It's so cool. I don't know how they did that, but it's my favorite sound. And uh, her b- voice is beautiful. Robin Hood, I believe, is her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's also a counterfeit Madison on the song, and I believe that is the woman who is speaking in the first half, doing yeah. those little spoken bits. I think which I thought was pretty cool. Which, from what I heard, I believe those were kind of repurposed from a comedy act, sort of, oh. kind of in the same way that uh, Kanye West did with that. Uh, what was that song called? It's like. You're such a fucking hoe. I love it. I love it. There you go. Where he took that Queens of Comedy <laughs> bit and put it in the first half. Yes. But in here, it's done a bit more tastefully, a bit less stupidly, Oof. and also not by Kanye. I cannot stop hitting my watch on our table. Be careful, lady. I will not. So af- after that, we have another raging banger of a song called Blood on the Fang. Which I first heard in your car. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to it on the album, I was like, my jam, this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> And in this song, we get the title drop of There Existed an Addiction to Blood, which is a line from the theme song to a old 70s black vampire film called Ganja and Hess. Yes. So, like, this is is kind of David and company saying, like, hey, we're making a horror album. We know our shit, okay? We (laughs) know the good stuff. I don't think that's the tone they said it. No, but it's kind of like... (laughs) It's, it's, they're Your using, tone sucks. It's, they're using that inspiration from it, and I love it. It's yeah. great. Now, this song is it's very interesting in the album, because whereas the rest has a distinctly horror vibe to it, this is a black militant song. Yes. Yeah. Lots this of, song gets you moving also in a way that I don't think the rest of the album is meant to. Yes. This song is much more of a classic banger. I apologize, but it is much more of a hype song and less of a sit there and contemplate what you're listening to kind of song. Yes. Which I think for a lot of people is going to make this the most accessible song on the album. I think so. It's not my favorite. I love this song a lot. It's maybe number two or three for me, but I don't do rankings. Uh, But this is a great (laughs) song uh, and also a song I feel very uncomfortable trying to learn the words to because it is specifically about black power and things like that. Yeah, I'll learn it for you. Yes, thank you. (laughs) As a non-black person... I shouldn't be saying that. It was really fun to have to have that like talk in your car because you were like, I love this song, but it's not for me. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. I, I will admire it from a distance. I will admire it respectfully. I will look respectfully. <laughs> so next we have our uh, third to last song on the album, mm-hmm. song, quote unquote, Story 7. My favorite. My favorite on the album. It's Obsessed great. with it. Yes. Number one for me on the album. It's a great song. And There's I, a line in there yes. where, because, you know, he, like, says her name, and that's how you know, like, the chorus is happening. Yeah. And uh, it was, she knew he was a bad guy when he wouldn't go down on her. Yeah, I <laughs> like, love I that, too. I fucking love that line. <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah, it's my favorite on the album. Like, I was listening to this as you texted me to tell me you were here. Like, yes. <laughs> obsessed. It's a great song. Yeah. And, yeah, this song, Story 7, this is a recurring thing with uh, Clipping. 
from their first album, they have been releasing songs that are just called Story. And they are this kind of disconnected personal stories. And sometimes if you listen to all the other entries, they start to overlap and characters show up a bit. So. I'm excited for that. Now, here's a fun thing, though. Story one, first album. Story two, second album. Story three, doesn't exist. <laughs> Hold on. Story four uses a sample from an Alt-J song, so you can't actually listen to it on an album. You have to go on YouTube to find it. Story five is on another album, then story six and story seven. But yeah, just randomly, there's one story that's just not there. You Where know, is story three? All Who I, took it? So I actually did something that I normally try not to do. I went to Reddit to answer this question. Okay. And it turns out Clipping, they like to mess with their fans a bit. They like to... They like oh, their fans. Like us. Yeah, they like their fans to kind of do the extra work. See, like you know, and they're like, "Hey, is this song about this?" And they're like, "Maybe," which I love. I love that kind of uh, you love a relationship. Piece. Yes. <laughs> so what they have said is, all the story songs that are unreleased are made. They just have not released them yet, and they're just like, once it's released, it'll all be clear. So they're really that's so cool. It is. I love it. And story seven, like I, I guess I won't spoil the story, but it is more or less about two characters: a uh, a cop and a, a woman. I love her. She has a time. Yeah, <laughs> she has a time. This is the best kind, and especially you gotta listen to it twice because then you yes. listen to it and you listen to the lyrics clearly. And you're like, oh, that's what's happening. Oh no! Yeah, I the first time I listened to it, I was like just bopping. I was just like, oh, I like this. I like the, like, cool, different vibe for the chorus. I like the, the story. Yes. And the second listen through, I went, now, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Wait, what? I will just say, all the stories are, on some level, the darkest songs on their respective albums. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it, though. Because I, it hits a specific spot for me for things yes. like this that are, like, horror-y, where... For me, the best example I have is Coheed and Cambria. Well, that's a good Where example. his voice is so soothing and pleasant. But the lyric I always think of is, I'll kill anyone for you. And I love that weird dissonant, like, the tone doesn't match yeah. what the words are. And that is how I felt about Story 7. Like, I felt like it was such a bop, and we we're just bopping about, being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, murder, maybe. Who can say? boop a doop a doop And yeah. I was like, hold on. <laughs> Even though it is a bit more of a discordant song, yeah. but kind of like Blood on the Fang, it is a bit more like enjoyable musically, like you said, because there's yeah. a lighter tone to the music. And Even- see, I can handle some heavy words, but you you add the heaviness of like an earlier song on this album, like a He Did, and I'm like, you're here to stress me out. You just want to stress me out, and I can't handle that. And I love that for some reason. But uh, a monster. Uh, yeah, fair. <laughs> now, and I should warn people if uh, if you go to listen to us. Massive trigger warnings behind all of them, especially story four, Jesus Christ. That's my favorite one, unfortunately, but it's also the darkest. I'll send it to you sometime. Yeah, man, I got to get up in those stories. All right, we have our uh, second to last track, Attunement. Yes. And this is just, uh, for me, this is kind of like a nice little way to sort of ease out of this project. That's what it felt like. It felt like, hey, hey, you've been through a lot. Yeah. Hey, we're here. What's going on? (laughs) <laughs> Which makes the song not, like, one of the best songs or not even great on its own, but to me a perfect way to ease out of the album. I agree. It's a perfect kind of album track. You like that we're both saying ease out of the album? You want to tell them what the fuck happens at the end? I do. So on the last I'm actual so track, we have a song called Piano Burning, which is, if I am correct, and I'm going to double check here. Hold on, sorry. It is, yes, 18 uninterrupted minutes of a piano being burned. Which, 
So, going into this album, you said you don't have to listen to the whole last song. Yes. You'll get it. And then I got to that song. Mm-hmm. And I went, no, hold on, hold on. This can't be what I think it is. So then I skipped into the song, and it was still the same. Mm-hmm. And I skipped into the song again, and yeah. again, and again, yeah. until I went, are you fucking kidding me? And I got so upset. <laughs> And that is it. Just a piano burning for 18 uninterrupted minutes. I was so minutes. upset. And I love it. This is one of those As weird... a theme. Okay. This is one of those weird ones where, like, this album is very good for both of us for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. But this album is also so divisive for us, being me and you, because we do enjoy such different things from music. Very true. Very and, like, true. this album hella showed that for me. Yeah, this is a, a good... Uh, a good way to demonstrate that. Everything on it that unsettled you or made you feel uncomfortable or even bad was all the stuff I lived for. I, a monster. I like all – most of the media I like is punishing on some level. It's true. Movies, TV, songs, anything that just kind of sort of pummels me a bit. I, I just find it fascinating because it's so hard to pull off and I always appreciate the effort even if it's not done well. But in this case, like, it's done very well. I feel like life pummels me enough. That yeah. I'm just gonna listen to shit and watch Real Housewives and chill the fuck out. Different life experiences. Yeah, for sure. So that's the album. Uh, I, I love it. it. I think it's a ten out of ten. It's one of my. It's maybe. Ask me again in five years. It's maybe my favorite album. I. It's definitely my favorite clipping album, and they've had some real good albums. As this being my first album, because my intro to clipping, as you know, is the deep. Yeah. Because I wanted to read the short story. And then I read the short story, which is, if you do the audiobook, read by David Diggs. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, that was also one of those cool places where you see that man knows his voice, and it is beautiful. Like, he knows what he's doing. He uses his voice like a fucking instrument. Oh, absolutely. And so, like, going from that to, like, this album is pretty much where I went, because he would show me one other song outside of this album. Yeah. And being like, oh, I really enjoy this. I can see the art aspects of this. But it's just not for me. And so I can still give this album an 8 out of 10 because it's very good. Yeah. It's just not where I want to live. And, and that's, that's totally fair. That's a legit, uh, that's a valid uh, view on it. Yeah. And uh, with that, because we've run just a little over our time, Uh-oh. we're going to go ahead and cut it off there. But thanks for listening. And always remember that if a song stresses you out, you don't have to finish it. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Right, y'all, just for a little bit of housekeeping, you can still follow us on Twitter at J-O-K-E-S-T-E-R-P-O-D. You can email us at the same thing, but at gmail.com. And please leave reviews. Y'all know I want them. I want to love you forever. Uh, Leave them where you can leave them. Tell your friends. Send me messages. Go, oh, Tiffany, how's your vacation? Uh, and that's all my hot news. Bye-bye.